0: And welcome, you are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO, 1690 AM in Montreal. My, my name is William Power, I'm with Dominic Demeester. Folks, we got a great show intact for you today. We got some news in the NFL, some breaking news, actually. One of the better, if not the best, free agents heading into this offseason, DeAndre Hopkins is signed. We'll jump into that first overall. Uh, great to have something to uh, to talk about with breaking news, Dom. Uh, how are How are you doing? And are you excited for the show?
1: Yeah, I'm super excited for the show, and I'm doing amazing. Yes, breaking news. Can't wait to dive right into the DeAndre Hopkins signing with the Tennessee Titans. Should be a doozy. Should be awesome.
0: All right, Donald, I'll throw it right back over to you. I want to get your immediate thoughts on it. Two-year deal, $26 million signing with the Tennessee Titans. Like you mentioned, a chance uh, or possibility to be up to $32 million. So right now it's $13 million a year. Like we talked about, uh, it uh, seemed like um, the two teams that made aggressive pushes for him were the Patriots and the Tennessee Titans look as a, as a Dolphins fan I'm happy that he did not go to New England uh, I thought that would have been kind of the missing piece they needed. but he joins Tennessee he joins a, a quarterback in Ryan Tannehill he joins a well-coached team and he joins one of the better running backs in football in Derrick Henry so yeah what are your uh, immediate thoughts on DeAndre Hopkins choosing Tennessee and uh, it being a two-year deal for uh, 26 million dollars
1: Listen, I had Tennessee winning the division without DeAndre Hopkins. So just imagine adding DeAndre Hopkins to your team, what my opinion will be on the Titans. I honestly think this is an amazing signing. It couldn't have been in a better spot where DeAndre will get the volume that he needs to be effective in the NFL. I think if he would have gone to a team, maybe like the Patriots, I think that Juju Smith-Schuster would have had a lot of uh, more competition with DeAndre. No knock on Traylon Burks, but he's still a rookie ride receiver in Tennessee. I do think DeAndre will be the number one ride receiver when the season concludes. And Traylon's going to be a great partner in crime. This is a great signing. Tennessee definitely will make the playoffs this year because of so. And who knows? Maybe they'll win one round, maybe two. With Derrick Henry, you never know. As long as you got that guy to dump the ball to, Tennessee's going places.
0: Well, I think for you talk about for Tennessee's point of view, I think this is, like you said, Dom, it's a great signing for them. I think it makes them immediately better. I think it gives Ryan Tannehill another option um, to uh, to throw the ball to the receiver. Because let, let's be honest, this team was lacking at the wide receiver position. You, you mentioned Burks. Yes, I mean, like he's still a young guy. And then other than that, it's a cool who is really an offensive threat on this team. Obviously you got Tiapa at the wide receiver slash tight end position. I think this team was lacking. So I think for Tennessee's point of view, um, I think this is a, a very good signing for them for Deandre Hopkins. I, I I'm scratching my head. I'm not going to lie. I'm scratching my head here. I think that, you know, for him, um, there's several reasons. Look, if, it, if it's about money uh, and his signing there, uh, $13 million a year, I think it's it's a pretty good deal for Tennessee to get him at that because I still think he's one of the better wide receivers in football. Um, personally, I'm not sure why he would choose Tennessee. I think that, you know, if you look at his past history, Kate, he was with the Houston Texans. They unfortunately struggled. They were, um, they were competitive, but, you know, they'd make the playoffs and they'd lose. Then with Arizona, that experiment did not work out. And then to choose Tennessee, for me, I'm a little bit surprised because I think that, let, forget about New England, but there was other teams that I feel would have made a push for him. Um, and I thought that he could have been Super Bowl contender. Look, you, you got to credit the fact that he's not a ring chaser. You can never, never mistake him for being a ring chaser with the three teams that he's played on in his NFL career. Um, I'm just not sure why it's, it's Tennessee. I just, I don't think that, I think he and being on the team makes them more competitive. I think for Tennessee's point of view, is good, but even with him on the team, Dom, and I know you're the Tennessee Titans, I can see them potentially being favorites. Now, for me, it's still the Jaguars winning the division, uh, and the Jaguars are still the favorites. I can see Tennessee making the playoffs. I could potentially see them winning around, but that's, I don't think this makes them Super contenders. I'm just, I'm still not a believer in Tando. I think they really need to upgrade the quarterback position, maybe leave I gets QB1 reps before the season is done. But for DeAndre Hopkins' point of view, I, I guess it's a money situation for him here because I'm not sure that if I'm him, I'm realistically expecting a Super Bowl run with a Tennessee Titans team. They've shown that um, they can be competitive, they can make the playoffs, but that's kind of where the, the, the line ends with this squad. So... I, for me, Donta Hopkins' point of view, it's a little bit of a head scratcher. I think he could have joined a more competitive team, uh, team more ready to win a Super Bowl. Uh, I think, uh, like I said, you got, you got to believe that there was other teams that reports uh, didn't mention about being interested in him because he's was one of the most uh, hot commodities in the NFL. It, for me, it's puzzling, especially when you look at a guy who hasn't really been on a competitive team. Uh, and you know, someone told me the other day, and it's like this guy must not like winning <laughs> and look that may not be the case and I could be being hard on Tennessee I'm um, curious to get your thoughts on what I said done for, for me it's it's a little bit surprising and maybe it's more of a money move for hop uh but for hop himself it's uh for me I'm scratching my head I'm not gonna lie
1: hey I get where you're coming from William I mean Tennessee is not a loaded football team but they're a very well coached football team and that will breed a lot of wins for Tennessee now does DeAndre Hopkins tennessee over the top i do think so but i can understand when you look at the roster there's not much there i think tennessee's season is going to come down to their first round draft pick in peter squandronski a right tackle i put this guy kind of like on the spotlight right now because i think if tennessee has no offensive line tennessee no matter how good deandre is No matter how good Derrick Henry is, they're not going anywhere. And Ryan Tannehill is a below kind of like average quarterback. So I do get all your critiques. However, I think that there's no better team in football that plays team football than the Tennessee Titans. And to me, that's what football is all about. Chemistry and being able to really do it all together as a team. There's always a new hero here and there. That's not the type of football that DeAndre Hopkins plays, however. He's kind of like, feed me the ball. I promise you, I will take you places. And that's why this is a huge signing. If Tennessee manages to make DeAndre Hopkins happy, listen... Derrick Henry is first and foremost the number one offensive weapon in this team. DeAndre should benefit tremendously out of the play action. He will have multiple touchdowns. That's right. I think it's going to be at least minimum 10 touchdowns this year. I don't know how many yardage, but this guy will feast off the play action. He's an amazing wide receiver. I obviously see him probably a lot better than a lot of other people out there. But trust me, folks, DeAndre Hopkins will have a phenomenal season with the Tennessee Titans. And when it's all said and done, Tennessee will make the playoffs and DeAndre will still be a thousand yard receiver. And he might be a hired gun. He might not even be with Tennessee next year, but I guarantee you, this is his opportunity to shine and he will take full advantage of this this season.
0: We brought up a good point there and I was going to ask you that is how much does this change in Tennessee Titans' offense? Uh, do they go more, like you said, play action? Do they decide to pass the ball a little bit more? Uh, do you try and feature a guy like Diot more in your offense? Cause this has been a, a run first team for, uh, for really as long as I can remember. Um, and you know, with their, uh, with their, you know, kind of scheme and the way they like to run the football and you know, run the ball and play some solid defense. Um, I can see that continuing to be the case in Tennessee. So I guess you kind of answered the, my question, but you don't think this offense will change that much in terms of their play calling, in terms of the running of the football. It won't necessarily be an offense that uh, features Diop as being the number one player on the squad. It'll still be a lot of Derrick Henry. And then once you reach the red zone, you'll be able to target a guy like DeHop.
1: Oh, it has to be featuring Derrick yeah. Henry. Ryan Tannehill is not a fantastic quarterback. So you got to lean on your strength. Derrick Henry is their number one strength, hence why I say they better have nailed a home run in Peter Skoronsky, because that offensive line was not that great last year, and if it falters, that will be the Achilles heel for those Titans. I don't think this actually changes a thing in this offense other than providing huge depth at the play action with DeAndre. and this is a team-first mentality, so even guys like Kyle Phillips, who last year had some great games, it's really like who's going to be the star on a on a weekly basis for the Titans. However, there are going to be weeks where they're just going to feed the ball to DeAndre. And I'm going to say multiple weeks, maybe like six, maybe half the season where you're going to say it's just going to be the DeAndre Hopkins show. So every week is going to be featured Derrick Henry. And then you're going to see half of it is going to be the DeAndre Hopkins show. And the rest of the team is going to fill in the holes. This team will win the division. This team will make the playoffs. Mark my word. Mike Vrabel is that much of a good coach and I see bright things ahead for the Titans
0: yeah I, I totally get what you're saying I think I, I tend to agree with you there it it will be a lot of Derek Henry. I think that you know you look at it um D-Hop is too good of a player to not uh to not feature on this offense and I think that when it comes to this squad you want to have Derrick Henry, of course, you don't want to have to change your offense all that much. But Diop is too good of a player to to not. I don't want to say force the ball to, but you got to make sure he's targeted, right? And with him, he's kind of a volume receiver. Right? The more he, the more he gets targeted, the more he's able to make plays. Obviously, that, that sounds uh that, that sounds uh obvious and like Captain Obvious there. But I think especially with him, the more the more he gets involved in the game, the better he is. And I think that's why you see him kind of explode in third and fourth quarter. So I think it does make this team more dangerous. Uh, and I would have. To agree with you, Don, that it would be a lot of D hop, sorry, a lot of Derrick Henry featuring this offense. But if you're Tanner, I think that you don't want to force it, but you got to make sure that you understand you have Diop on this team and decided to join the team. And he probably had a lot of offers that you can't, you know, go the first few games without targeting this guy, because I don't think it's necessarily a diva, but he's coming here to get the ball, to win games. Um, So I don't think you can afford to necessarily um, kind of, you know, let a few games slip into the season and then see where he fits in this offense. I think that you got to try and at least attempt Diop to have an immediate impact on this squad because he's way too good of a player not to be featured enough in this offense, if that makes any sense
1: oh it does and I would love to see I wouldn't say love to see but if ever Ryan Tannehill were to go down Will Levi will have somebody that is experienced that he can throw to you and that's great for Will Levi's development so no matter how this turns out I I guarantee you it's going to be a positive adventure for DeAndre Hopkins and if it starts off terribly let's just say it goes down the tubes Tennessee has an amazing trade bait in their hands with DeAndre Hopkins, especially if other wide receivers in the NFL goes, go down. D hop would be uh, expendable and I'm sure they would get a great return for him.
0: That's a good call. It's true, right? You like, you obviously you hope that he's going to re- end his season with the Tennessee Titans. Um, and sorry, in his career, I should say with the Tennessee Titans, but we've seen guys bounce around, especially D hop he's bounced around quite a bit in the, in the NFL. Um, as of late. So that, that's true. Trade peace is a huge call there. And uh, and even if things don't work out here, I think that Tennessee made the right move in, in getting a guy like him. And I really do feel like people uh, are undervying and he does have enough juice. We talked a little bit about the quarterback situation here with Tennessee uh, with a few minutes left before our first break. We talked about Will Levi, talked about Ryan Tannehill. Uh, obviously, Ryan Tannehill will get QB reps. Do you think that Tannehill is under a little bit more pressure now Um, with uh, with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins? Because, look, he, you can make the case that in Tennessee, he um he hasn't necessarily over the last season or two had incredible weapons. He did have AJ Brown and uh you know that was working and he really had a great connection with AJ Brown and he really seems to um to, to have missed him because um his deep ball was was really through the roof, and uh, that's something he struggled with with the Dolphins. But with AJ Brown and, and him, him, uh, the the deep ball connection was uh, was you know a thing of beauty, and they were making it work. So now he's gone, and now you know he's he was without weapons for uh, for last season, so pressure wasn't really was really on Ryan Tanne. No. But now with T-Hop in, uh, I think it's really, for Ryan Tadno, it's okay. Like, we got you the guy. You have a great running back. Teams are going to, you know, potentially load the box, and it's going to set up one-on-one coverage for one of the best wide receivers in football, make it happen. You know what I mean? Like, now we have the team. You have an offensive team um, that uh, that is good enough for you to make plays. So it's like it's kind of a, you know – Put up or shut up time for for Ryan Tannehill now, because I think he's under a little bit more pressure with this addition of D Hop. You don't want to have D Hop in and uh, you know have a similar similar season to what you did in uh, last season. You want to make sure you, you, you know, you're honestly two world contenders. Uh, what what's that a new you know entail? It's gonna entail putting up points. It's gonna it's gonna. Um, Running the two-minute drill uh, for your team, and you know, featuring a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, but for Tano to put the team on his back now with this new addition of D Hop is, I think, a lot of eyes are going to be on him, and I could potentially see a sh- short leash with him because now he has a solid weapon, and there shouldn't be any excuse for uh for Tano to be uh to be, I guess you could say uh, not putting up stats on the football field.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the pressure is going to be the same as we saw last year. You know, last year they brought in Malik Willis. He obviously was a bust. Will Levi, we don't really know exactly what we have with Will Levi. Ryan Tannehill is going to see the level of pressure that he has in training camp. I think Ryan Tannehill does know that this is probably maybe his last year. And I wouldn't sell Tennessee that short, William. I think Tennessee as a team they know that this might be their last run because whether or not Derek Henry's even on this team next year, this is the heart and soul of this organization. And as soon as he leaves, it becomes, okay, well, what, what are we going to do next for the Titans? So They're all in. They're bringing in D-Hop. They want to make one last run at the playoffs. Maybe, you know, maybe the Super Bowl. You got to think big in Tennessee, and I certainly do for them because that division is wide open. So you watch out, folks. You'll see the Tennessee Titans being very successful with this year, and I don't think Ryan Dennehill is going to play with any extra pressure that he's had in the past, and he's going to go out there and do the best he can, which will be at least a playoff spot.
0: All right, I like it. Good stuff there, Dominic. So the breaking news of this Week show is D-Hop, taking his talents to Tennessee uh, two year, $26 million contract up to $32 million there. Ryan Tannehill gets another new toy from a Titans fan. I am ecstatic about it, but you got to remember other teams had made the push for Diop as well. So let's talk about how this affects other teams. Uh, I know for for me, I was talking about uh, the Patriots because they play in the, in the the AFC East. That's the vision. Obviously I follow the most. I mean, I really think that a deal could have got done here and I should say if it would have got done here would have been a great spot for the Paches. because I really do feel that's one of the things they're missing and look who knows what's going to happen with Mac Jones who knows what's going to happen with Bailey Zappi and who's going to end up being the starting quarterback Mac Jones looks like they're going to go with him for training camp and to start the season off wonder if he's going to be in a bit of a short leash because we heard rumors in the offseason that you know Belichick may not be the happiest with him and they they expected more out of the Alabama product but I think Deop would have made this team significantly better. So we've got to look at other teams, right? Unfortunately, teams that weren't able to grab him. And uh, Kansas City too. I originally was was almost certain he was going to go to the the Kansas City Chiefs, get himself hopefully another ring, and uh, you know be that uh, that wide receiver one next to one of the best or the best tight end in football right now, in Travis Kelsey. But now he just joined Tennessee. What are your thoughts on the teams he didn't join, Dominic? For me personally, I think he would have been a good fit for New England. I think they they kind of lost out on it because we know that. Uh, he uh, he tried to negotiate something, and no deal was able to get done uh, to get him there. But yeah, ultimately joined Tennessee, and that uh, you got to think that uh, other teams are kicking themselves and not getting D. Hop.
1: Yeah, let's talk about New England first, and then we'll move on to Kansas City. Sure, New yeah. England would have been a fantastic landing spot, I think. I think Juju and DeAndre uh, would have been really dynamic together. The fit just was not there for DeAndre specifically. I think I think Belichick wanted deandre if my my memory serves me well you know like bill and, and the patriots have always made a huge splash in free agency they brought in randy moss and i think that they were going to get deandre and now they fell a little short someone's got to step up if new england ever uses two tight ends like sure. they did with rob gronkowski and aaron hernandez maybe something could be brewing in new england but i think they're in trouble william the fact that they haven't figured out who their quarterback's going to be is a huge red flag. And I know Bill Belichick's an amazing coach and whatnot, but New England is in in a load of trouble this year. And I think that all these weird signings that they've done is not going to pay dividend. We might see a nice season for Mike Gazicki. We might see also Juju play decent football, but this team in that division are going to have a lot of problems. I don't think they're going to come out of it winners and they're going to have a very tough season ahead of them.
0: Well, I mean, look—you talk about the teams in the division, and you got to say the Jets got better, right? They get one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, you know, Buffalo—you think well, they said about the same, but they, you know they were the favorites in the division, and you don't necessarily have to change too much. Um, there, I mean, look—are are they Super Bowl contenders? I think so, and uh, hopefully, can they get over the hump this year? If you're a Bills fan, I think so. But in terms of talent, I think, so I think this is the most talented team in the division. Then you have Miami, right, that has. The two fastest water receivers in football on their team. You add Jalen Ramsey, uh, one of the the bigger free agents on defense there. So you have three teams that, or two teams that really get better Miami in Miami and the Jets. You have a team that's very good in in Buffalo already, and it's like New England. Okay, so yes, you do get Mike Asiky, and I think that he could be a valuable piece of this offense. And unfortunately, Miami did not, uh, use them the the right way. And you know when you have stud receivers, it's hard to to feature trend as much as you want to, um. And then you go and you get Juju. Okay, it's, it's still another good signing. I like it. But no significant, I guess you can say, really impactful signing. I still think Juju can uh, make some noise and be more productive than people think. But, yes, I really do think that D-Hop would have been kind of that that missing piece and the cherry on the top for this offseason for the Patriots. Um, it's crazy when you think about it, though. You look at this team and it's, it's like Belichick is an incredible. They dominated the AFC East for so many years. Uh, did the New England Patriots, uh, and you have like reports saying he may be quote unquote in the hot seat. And while that may sound a little bit ridiculous, you have to look at what is you know what has Belichick done since Brady left, uh, and you know it's really not much. And even if you look at Brady's last year in New England, like this team has been. Flat. They haven't really been all that exciting to watch. They haven't really had any playmakers. Uh, they haven't really been in a tight ton of exciting games either. Uh, it just hasn't been the Patriots team we're used to seeing. And, look, I'm not going to say that Belichick has to prove himself because, obviously, he's one of the best uh, coaches of all time. But I don't know, Dom. Like, Dom, the, Belichick hasn't done all that much. The question was, is it Brady or is it Belichick? And I think that, that question was answered very, very quickly when Brady went and won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers immediately. And so that leaves, okay, Belichick, you know, let's try and hopefully at least stay competitive. They haven't made the playoffs. They haven't been to world contenders. They haven't really been uh, a team that, you know, people keep an eye on. And I don't want to say Belichick's job is in jeopardy, but you have to ask ask yourself the question is, what has Belichick done since Brady left? And the answer, Dom, to me is really not much.
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't get generational quarterbacks dropped into your lap every so often I mean like it's a very rare thing a Tom Brady comes along and uh you get to be their coach so Bill Belichick definitely inherited a, a Hall of Famer somebody that, that might be quote unquote the, the goat and I think that now it's not so much that Brady is gone I just think that the organization has just done bad calls and bad moves bad free agent pickups and bad drafting they they had the vision it just hasn't panned out and Right now, the AFC East, the other opponents, you know, and all those other teams seem to have a, a one-up on New England, and, and rightfully so. New England has had one-ups on them for decades, so I think that we're seeing just, you know, the law of average. Eventually, you're not going to get it right, and I think that New England is is suffering uh, from not having Brady for sure, but for just not getting it right all the time. They've they've been very lucky. They've had a bit of controversy on their side. Some of their Super Bowls are, are questionable at best, and now it's just it's time for for New England to to go through those those tough years, which they didn't they didn't get the, a chance to go through because of Brady and Belichick. I think that we'll see where this team goes moving forward, but they're going to be probably cellar dwellers uh, for at least until they find themselves their next quarterback, and I don't think they have it yet. I don't think it's Mac Jones, and I don't even think it's Bailey Zappi either. Uh, I think that someone else will come along eventually and uh, New England's going to have to draft them, most likely. We talked about Kansas City. The only reason why Kansas City didn't get DeAndre is that DeAndre obviously wanted to get paid and Kansas City didn't have the money to pay him. It's that simple. And I'm happy because it would have been horrible to see Kansas City destroy the entire NFL again with DeAndre and company. So that is a, a blessing in disguise. We'll see what he can do in Tennessee, but that's the reason why he didn't go into Kansas City. But it's also the reason why he probably didn't go to Buffalo. Buffalo created a little bit of cap space, but not enough to bring in a guy like DeAndre. And uh, Hopkins is definitely going to have a good time in Tennessee. And for the other teams out there, they might be, you know, questioning themselves. I, I'm looking at a team like, I'm going to say the Steelers. I, I think the Steelers... At the end of the day, I would have loved to see DeAndre Hopkins in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform just because Deontay Johnson is definitely a good receiver, but he seems to be on his way out. And I would have loved to see potentially a guy like George Pickens being you know, kind of like groomed in the same way DeAndre Hopkins would have been. So there's going to be teams like Pittsburgh out there who are probably going to be one game out of the playoffs where signing a guy like DeAndre Hopkins would have done it. Pittsburgh had the cap money and they didn't budge. So sometimes it comes down to locker room fit or just a vision. And like like Belichick, they definitely have a a vision and they're a bit stubborn in that that vision. So that's probably another reason why other teams didn't uh, jump on the DeAndre Hopkins bandwagon.
0: For sure, and I, I think that the keyword that you said there, is stubborn dumb. I think a lot of teams, you know, they're stuck to their ways, and rightfully so. You don't want to have to completely change the way your franchise is headed uh, in order to get, uh, you know, a, a great player. And I know, obviously, like you want to try and bend and, and do what you can, but you got to respect teams wanting to sit to their guns uh, and understanding what they're built from the ground up. And you know, you don't want, if you feel like Diop's going to come in there and change all that, then okay, I understand how that uh, could, you know, something that doesn't wash all that well, and you don't want. To- uh you don't want things people to be butting heads you have to completely change the direction of your franchise um but that's why I think that Kansas City you know a team that loves to throw the ball would have been a good fit uh, and I do think that it is like you said better for the league and a blessing in disguise that he didn't, didn't join them because they're still favorites to win the Super Bowl even without him and I think that really would have put this team over the top if they were able to to get a guy like Hop. I was thinking kind of a team like Baltimore too but you know they did good they were able to get OBJ in the offseason that's a team that uh, I'm curious to, uh, to 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 follow the Baltimore Ravens we continue talking about that but let's give give some of our running backs some love uh, and unfortunately Unfortunately, we have Josh Jacobs, uh, Dom, and Saquon Barkley unable to get deals done uh, before the deadline. And this kind of puts things into question. You know, Saquon, I'm not all that surprised because we've heard rumors about Saquon leaving, Saquon not being happy, the Giants undervaluing Saquon. But Josh Jacobs, especially with the year that he had last year… I thought he was incredible. Like he really hit a second gear. That uh, you know that uh, in in the off in the start of the season last year with the with the the Raiders, there were games where he literally put the team on his back and won them games. Kind of that run in overtime there, where they were able to uh, to walk off the field. That just kind of. Uh, what sums up the season for Josh Jacobs there. So I was a little bit surprised he wasn't able to get it done. But yes, you have Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. Unfortunately, uh, do not get deals done. Are there, you know, I guess you can say uh, futures in jeopardy with the current teams they're on? Like, do you see Jacobs potentially joining a different team this offseason? And what about Saquon? I was sure that Saquon was going to be a giant for life. But I don't know, you disrespect, you disrespect the guy more than once. And, you know, he could uh, may ask for a uh, for re- Lease or to be traded somewhere else. But yeah, the two running backs, uh, big names Saquon and Jacobs, not getting deals done. Unfortunate for both sides uh, in, uh, in the situation here.
1: Yeah, it's very bizarre. I don't like what's going on. We talked about it last week, and it's just the market right now. The market for running backs. You know, you no matter how good you are, it seems you're just not going to get a piece of the pie, and that's just not right. That has to do with you know the state of the NFL. It has to do with the salary cap these are things that are going to have to be addressed at one point i think the nflpa needs to step in somehow and uh kind of like evaluate why the market is so low for running backs it's just it doesn't seem right but besides the point these guys are going to have to still go out there and, and play great football and they're going to have to find a way to get that value somehow so i expect maybe we're going to see a lot more football antics by the running back position this year because these guys are going to try to market themselves as best as possible for obviously bigger paydays now that's going to maybe cause some teams to shy away uh with regards to you know locker room uh, adjustments in other words Are these guys going to become more prima donnas when they're going to be successful because you're going to have to try to sell yourself and it's not going to jive with a lot of teams in the NFL but some of them it will because you can sell jerseys very very well when you got a big personality so I expect the running back position to become all these prima donnas but not in their. they didn't want to go this direction but they're going to have to try to market themselves as best as possible to get that added value that's going to draw the eyeballs it's going to sell jerseys and it used to be the right receivers a lot of the times now i'm going to say that running back position we're going to see these guys really elevate their personalities to get that extra dollar whether it be through advertising whether it be through jersey sales whatever it possibly could be to get the notoriety and the respect that they deserve. So keep an eye on that, folks. Keep an eye on the running backs going wild in the end zone. Expect crazy dances. Expect antics so these guys could be, (laughs) you know, personalities for people to love and for people to buy jerseys from.
0: Well, Austin Eckler has made it very clear that he thinks the running back position is being undervalued. And we, you know, he said that a few weeks ago and continues to say that. And you see Derrick Henry showing frustration at, uh, you know, deals not getting done for Jacobs, Saquon Barkley. And also, I forgot, Tony Pollard as well, who will be the number one featured back there for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, neither of the two were able to get a deal done. And it looks like Jacobs and Saquon early reports are saying they will not report to training camp Um until, you know, either uh, they feel like they're they're being valued or it's gonna it's gonna be tough here because I like, these are two teams in, in the Giants and, and the Raiders that look the Raiders specifically, I can see this team struggling this year, especially in that division. It's a very good division. And you know, we, we saw some good things out of the Raiders last year, but overall it was it was a bit of a tough season them and now with Jimmy Garoppolo being on the squad and you know you want to be in in, same, in sync with your players and I know it's it's not a wide receiver and a and a quarterback it's Josh Jacobs the running back and in the, the new addition of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, their quarterback. So they may not necessarily be to totally be in sync, but you want to make sure your offensive guys are together, you know, and just spending time together, you know. And that may sound weird, that may sound cliche, but on the football field, off the football field, and getting to know each other, because I think that's what ultimately makes a great team. And we have guys like Josh Jacobs. Uh, not reporting to training camp, and you have a, a new quarterback that's looking to lead your team to a Super Bowl, and Jimmy Garoppolo—it's just not a good sign. It's not a good look. It's not—it's not what you want as a team. And you know, it's—it's it's hard to really blame guys like Jacobs and Saquon, who are, seem to be being undervalued. And like I said Saquon as well had a great season last year, and this—you know—this New York Giants team surprised people not only did they make the playoffs, they beat Minnesota, and they were better than people expected. Danny Dimes getting his contract there, and now Saquon not reporting to training camp. This spells disaster for me for the New York Giants and you know, unfortunately for New York, I think it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs. And I know that they, you know, kind of surprised some people, myself included, last season. But with everything going on this off season and New York, and you know, the the NFC East and it being as loaded as it is, I don't think the Giants are going to make the playoffs here. And I think that may have been true regardless of what uh, Saquon happened with Saquon and whether or not he got a deal done. But for me, this is just the 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 icing on the cake, and uh, it's it's too too much for too many hurdles for the Giants to jump through. I just don't think it's going to be. Uh, going to be good enough this year to make the playoffs i think it's going to be uh, unfortunate for the giants but i see them missing it this year
1: yeah i agree with you that it's important to have the chemistry from day one no matter the position in football obviously this is not the running backs fault my personal opinion i think that they are expected to sit out to show an example um you know to the nfl that you know this is just not right and I think the players in the locker room won't see it as bad because everybody, you know, who's got any two cents will see that what's going on is very bizarre and it just happens to be the running packs that are paying the bill. So let's see how this Giants team turns out. They're obviously a lot better with Saquon being there from day one, but I don't think it's going to be as detrimental as we might think, only because I remember great running backs like Ladanian Tomlinson wouldn't even touch the football field at all uh, in training camp. And for whatever reason, week one, he's out there and he's just unbelievable. I don't think that there's many Ladanian Tomlinson's out there, but I do think Saquon Barkley is a good running back. And I do think that guys like Jacobs, Is good as well. Not sure what's going to happen in Dallas with Pollard. Obviously, he got a bit of money, and obviously, you saw Mixon get a bit of money in Cincinnati. But for the most part, I think these guys are going to be fine. Chemistry wise, I wouldn't worry about it too much, but it is something of concern, and this needs to be addressed as soon as possible. But I have a feeling, William, it will not be, and this is going to linger throughout this season, probably throughout next season. And it's just going to be one of those things that we're going to have to wait for a huge, massive generational running back to come in and just kind of like reinvent football. Derrick Henry was really close to to doing that, but he didn't win a Super Bowl yet. We need some guy to step onto the field like a Jim Brown, where you can just give the guy the ball on any week. And for whatever reason... This guy just runs over everyone and gets Ws to the Super Bowl. That's what you need. You need a guy to win the Super Bowl through the running game to get the respect back at the position that it deserves.
0: Yeah, I I don't think I could have said any better there, Dom. I think that ultimately Jacobs and Saquon will end up, and Tony Pollard as well will end up playing the season for their respective teams. I don't think that we're going to see them leave uh, this season. But just the more this lingers on, I I, I find it you know, difficult to to tell myself that Saquon is gonna be with the Giants long term. I think it's just a matter of years. Three, four years from now, I, I don't think we're gonna see Saquon with the Giants. I think it's too many times he feels disrespected. It's too many times they haven't been able to get a deal done. Uh and I think like I said that they will play with, with their squads this season. Season, but I think that you know too many times is too many times. I think with Saquon, he is feeling uh, like uh, you know unfortunately it's he's just not being valued. And it's, it's crazy to think about it. Like sitting out of training camp, has just become it's become too common now. And it's not necessarily on the players or the the ma- the management not signing them. I'm not pointing fingers here, but just the idea of sitting out. It's like you should be there. You should be with your team. You should be excited to be with your you know your boys after such a long offseason. You know, I, God knows how how us fans uh, feel how long the offseason season is and for these players i imagine must feel just as long if not longer um you know being out there just touching a football again and you know running some drills that like for me as an nfl player that'd be something that i love to do i'd mad long to do but these guys are sitting out It just shows you like how not on the same page these guys are with the with the either uh, you know the management with their coaches um and for me, it's just been something that we've seen too much and whether that's on the players themselves, whether that's on, you know, the the uh, management not getting deals done, we've just seen too much of this. And, you know, and I get it, right? You have you have you know big egos at times you have guys that don't want to budge from either side uh, and i get like you know what's the way to solve that and well if you're a player it's okay i'm not going to show up and you're going to see uh, uh how much you guys miss me and uh, when i come back hopefully i'll be as as good as i as good as i am um because uh because you know me not playing in the training camp may not necessarily be a huge deal but at the end of the year you know you're making a statement and you know it's not something that you know people want to see it's not something that fans want to see it's always unfortunate when you have guys not reporting to training camp but uh it seems to be a trend now over the- the last few seasons that we're seeing more and more and if you're the players you know it's 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 hard to necessarily point the fingers if you're being undervalued there's no other uh, way to kind of show show that they're not report to training camp so hopefully these deals are able to get done soon and hopefully these guys stay uh because it can be an ugly situation for running backs heading into the season. I'm not sure we've seen, you know, a situation like this in terms of running backs in a long time. We knew you know running backs were undervalued and it was always okay, don't draft a running back in the first round. But I think now we're really starting to see uh the lack of respect you running backs are getting. So keep an eye on that. We'll monitor that throughout this offseason. So th- something I was thinking about randomly. Hope everyone's okay with all the floods and uh and everything going on. Dom, this is super random and super out of left field, but good to kind of uh to get in to touch with our non-football side, how was uh, the rain that that flood for you? Were you uh, was your place okay?
1: Yeah, I was fine. Luckily, uh, nothing, uh, no floods for me or anything like that. And uh, I was actually in Ottawa during uh, the big flood, so when I got home, I was happy to see everything was okay, fine and dandy.
0: Okay, nice. Yeah, unfortunately here, at, uh, we're I'm by the Concordia at Loyola, and we were not as lucky. We <laughs> person, I had to quite a bit of stuff we got a lot of water but at the end of the day we're all okay so thankfully uh that uh you know that's the most important at the end of the day there's stuff that we can replace so hopefully it wasn't that big a deal for everyone i know i couldn't believe how much it rained but uh anyway sometimes you need a little look- bit of rain uh, to uh to yeah, combat this heat but yeah I hope everyone is doing all right. All righty, so let's take in the AFC South down We talked about a big signing with DeHop. Uh we also got the Jacksonville Jaguars re-signing tight end Evan Ingram. And you talk about a guy that went to a place and immediately made his pre- immediately made his presence felt. Like I, I watching him last year was like it almost seemed like it was a breath of fresh air seeing him play with Jacksonville. I'm not exactly sure what it was. I don't think he was unhappy with with the New York Giants, but you know, it, the the knock on him was you know he he can make some crazy catches, but his hands are not consistent and he drops balls that he shouldn't. And with Tennessee, like with excuse me, with Jacksonville last year, he and Trevor Lawrence just seemed to hit it off, and you know they get a deal done there. And you know I was watching some of the his interview and he was saying I'm blessed. To be here, I'm super happy to be here. Uh, I think that was a great move by the Jacksonville Jaguars because we knew Evan Ingram's potential, and I just feel like there was too many times throughout the course of his career where he wasn't as consist- consistent enough as we would like to see. But with Jacksonville, I think he fit like a glove last year, and I'm really happy the Jags were able to uh, to ink him down and and get him signed there because uh, he made some plays with the Jaguars, and the Jags are heading into uh, uh, a good place right now, if I had to guess. But yeah, Evan Ingram staying in Jacksonville.
1: Yeah, big signing personally i'm 50 50 on evan ingram you said it yourself sometimes he's got issues catching the ball he is yeah. a good tight end he's an probably a just an above uh average tight end i would say so yes. it definitely um, is deserving of the contract but will jacksonville be a better team or a worse team if he wasn't there i don't think the drop off is that big to be honest with you i think mm-hmm. that this team is going to be probably all about Calvin Ridley and whether or not Christian Kirk can produce what he did last year. Those are your two big chess pieces in Jacksonville. And that running game is going to be really important. I don't know exactly whether or not Travis Itzien is going to be happy with Tank Bigsby coming into town, but that's a wild card right there that could take over this entire franchise. Tank Bigsby, a big six foot to over 200 pound running back to kind of like, a north and south game in jacksonville they added brandon sheriff as a right guard last year that was a great signing i think that tank bigsby would run very very effectively behind brandon sheriff all year so as good as envin ingran signing might be i think that it's just to stabilize again a nice little weapon for trevor lawrence to throw down at the tight end slot and i think that when it's all said and done the signing will be good. Jacksonville will be strong, but I just don't know if this is going to put them over the top, uh, this year, Mm -hmm. just bringing in tank Bigsby. If Calvin Ridley falters, William, are you scared? If Calvin Ridley were to have, you know, a bust of a season, does Jacksonville make the playoffs?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. It's funny I was going to ask you on that. Uh, I think, yes, I think that they will. uh, But if he falters, I can see them. I really see them being one and done. Um, Because I think Calvin Ridley is what puts this team over the top. And I actually may be expecting a lot. And I was ask you like are we putting a lot of uh, like too much emphasis on Calvin Ridley and we might be because he was an absolute baller with Atlanta and I, I there's no doubt about that but he hasn't played football for a year and you know he hasn't played with Jacksonville right and he's going to have to learn to catch passes from Trevor Lawrence and you know Trevor Lawrence has been continuing you know at a at a historic pace for sure um right now but it's not uh, you know things don't always appear as they seem and we don't guys that fit with other teams, you know, don't always come and, and fit perfectly with others. But I think, yes, I think that Cal- if Calvin really doesn't work out, I think Jacksonville's in a little bit of trouble because I think they're banking a lot on this to work out for the Jags. I still think they're a playoff team, but, you know, they want to be more than a playoff team this year. And yeah, I think that, you know, it's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot riding on Calvin Ridley. Yes, Dom.
1: Yeah. I think that Jacksonville might've put all in on Calvin Ridley and hey don't get me wrong he's a great wide receiver at least he was at the time but I don't know if I would put all my eggs in the basket of Calvin Ridley having not seen him do absolutely anything last year it's just a high risk maneuver for the Jaguars and I think a lot of people out there are expecting great things from Jacksonville I don't see it this year William I, I just don't unless Tank Bigsby becomes a home run hit someone else in this offense needs to to step up and i think they're just putting too much pressure on calvin ridley
0: yeah i think it is a lot of pressure on ridley and uh, you know you have to understand that he was off football for uh for the last season but i think he's going to come back he's going to be motivated and he seems to be very well liked by um by the a lot of the players on the team and you know, you look at that division you really think it's going to be battle between tennessee and jacksonville look, who knows what uh what houston is going to be able to uh to do there with uh you gotta let, like the cj stroud like the addition there um and uh you know houston we talk about them and they had a they had a really good draft um i i think it will be uh kind of a while before this this team you know is uh is all that competitive uh, and then you have the indianapolis colts there and you know what can they do and anthony richardson uh you do you feel like we're focusing too, too much on Tennessee and Jacksonville as the favorites, or do you think that there's a, a possibility that maybe we could see a, a, you know, a Cinderella team in either Jackson, either Houston or um, or Indianapolis coming to the woods this year?
1: Well, recently I'm not liking what I'm reading out of Indianapolis. I think that when your owner tries to save face and say like, yeah, you know, it might take a little while for Anthony Richardson, oh man that's not a good sign if gardner Minshew starts week one i know that i'm a big you know a guy that says you know sit your qb week one if you're a rookie qb and it's just not the same thing when you got a guy like anthony richardson where it's all about his legs i don't care so much about his arms i i, I don't think he would have been as effective quarterback in the 90s or early 2000 i think anthony richardson would have been a bust But in the new NFL, I really expected Indianapolis to be all in on Anthony and to be going a lot on fourth down. But for the owner to be already kind of like signaling that we're going to see Garner Minshew week one, this doesn't smell good, man. I just don't know. Indianapolis is definitely a wild card for me now. I'm not as confident as as I used to be, because if Anthony isn't driving that bus, this team might be heading in the wrong direction right off the bat. As for Houston, I mean, Houston's a wild card like any other team in the NFL that is kind of building. We don't know what to expect with Houston, whether or not those pieces are going to be ones that fit or ones that are completely are off. C.J. Strout is, to me, a very good quarterback. He's obviously better, technically speaking, than Anthony Richardson. So we should see some, uh, some nice spirals from C.J. Strout and we should see some nice bombs as well. Whether or not he has the offensive weapons to, to throw to, that's a whole other story. I think it's going to be about whether or not Damon Pierce could be a good running back for Houston, and if he's not, they're going to struggle. I think that C.J. Strout definitely has the mechanics, but that arm sometimes might be, you know, a little, it takes a little long for the ball to get out. At times, not all the time, but at times, and now will that cost them a couple of football games probably so there's no room for error for any of these football teams in the division it's going to be a battle to the very end i only think one team's going to come out and that's going to be the divisional winner and that's going to be the tennessee titans
0: yeah, I like your take there. And I think like, it may be a few seasons before we see um, any of the, those two teams be all that competitive. I do think they're heading in the right direction, though. I, I like what Houston did this offseason. And I do like uh, the Colts taking a chance on Anthony Richardson. Uh, for me, like, you, you know, kind of, I always respect your opinion. You know, you want to have your guys sit. For me, I kind of like throwing guys out there and you know, letting them make their mistakes in their rookie year. So we'll see what happens with Anthony Richardson there. Um, and, yeah, you know, I, I heard those comments as well. And, it, you know, it's a bit of a bit, I don't know, bit surprising um and look at the same time you don't want to put too much pressure on your rookie quarterback so it's kind of you know letting things that pan out as they may um because yeah anthony richardson was probably one of the more talked about players and just you know his his athleticism and, and what he's able to uh to do for this, uh, you know, for this squad. And the the Colts, you just think about it, though, it's been, it's crazy. You think about teams and, you know, where they were compared to where they they are now. And we talked about the New England Patriots right before Dom. And, you know, the Patriots not being nearly as competitive as they used to be. And the Colts too, right? Remember the Colts, you know, you got Peyton Manning, you got Marvin Harrison, you got Reggie Wayne. And I remember going up watching football and like it was the Colts-Patriots, right? And they were battling for the AFC Championship. Uh, And now you're asking if like the Colts are going to be competitive in the next few years you know I think that is a good thing for football. We see some parity, um, you know, compared compared to NBA and other leagues like that. I think that the super teams are always going to be the super teams. It's not all that competitive, but I, in a way, I think this is good for the NFL. I think it makes it unpredictable and like you're always going to have your teams like Kansas City and Mahomes, uh, you know, and then be competitive and probably Super Bowl favorites. But I think it is kind of cool to get changes without, without in, in certain divisions and uh, just to see some, uh, you know, some 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 parity in uh, throughout the NFL because that's what makes it more exciting and. Uh, Ultimately, that's what brings in more viewers. So I kind of like the 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 um the area the NFL's headed in and its unpredictability.
1: Yeah, I'll give you that. It's kind of fun, to, you know. If there's a, a merry-go-round of new teams coming out every two three years, that's kind of fun. Uh, it gives every fan base an opportunity to cheer for the playoffs and things like that but i think it's just a lack of talent and i I think it's a lack of talent at the quarterback position i don't think the game of football in my personal opinion is meant to be a a game where you see your running back uh not being respected and where you see the quarterback position being way overly protected and it's become a, a a league where your running back is running maybe 10 times a game and your quarterbacks also running 10 times a game your quarterback's supposed to be in the pocket he's supposed to be seeing the vision of the defense of what kind of defensive formation is coming at him and to have the time to really you know be a pocket quarterback and throw the ball downfield that to me is football i respect quarterbacks that can run and throw but if you're running with the football more often than none it's a huge red flag and to me i haven't seen it really be successful other than maybe pat mahomes but i think pat mahomes is more of a you know a throw first then run i think josh allen is in the similar build however he's just not as accurate so as much as he wants to do it with his arm it just it's not there and he forces it hence why you see a lot of interceptions uh, there as well and everybody else underneath them that can run the football listen congratulations you might be talented But you're not as talented as, say, a Dan Marino, as a Joe Montana. I mean, yes, I'm throwing you Hall of Famers out there, but that's the type of quarterback play that I would expect to last a lifetime, you know? But we're seeing it completely change. And I think we're seeing it change because of player safety and other things. But I would, I want to see football get to where it was at. And I'm not sure if we're ever going to see that ever again. And I think that we're going to be stuck in this type of football for the next 10 years. And whether we like it or not, we just got to accept it. And hopefully that things come out of it that are, are, are good to watch. But as a fan, I'm not liking what I see out of the quarterback play. And that's what's driving all these bizarre oddities at the running back position being underserved because people are overvaluing their quarterback position as being a running back and quarterback. Well, I do think you
0: have a lot of unproven quarterbacks here in the NFL, and even guys that have been here for a while. It's like, do you trust certain guys? Do you trust certain quarterbacks? And a lot of these guys are veterans, and it's like, well, you know, we trusted to make the playoffs, but then after that, you know, it's kind of flip a coin, and, you know, that's not what you necessarily want for your franchise. Speaking of quarterbacks, have you caught any of the Netflix show quarterback Dominic with Mahomes, uh, Mariota, and Kirk Cousins?
1: I kind of stayed away from it on purpose. I just, you know, as much as I love my NFL football – I don't yeah. know if I going really to dive into the uh the the locker room scandals or I don't know exactly. Sure. You tell me, William, what is it all about?
0: Yeah, well, it's a good question. So, actually, I haven't caught, uh, caught any of it, but one of my buddies said he watched the first episode, and it's kind of, you know, uh, the, like you said, locker room stuff, but it's like the home life of these players and, you know, seeing their relationship with family members and, you know, kind of the, the human side of them. That's what I gather from what I've heard so far of it. So, I do want to give it a watch. It, it seems to kind of have, uh, like, um, last chance you vibes. And what I mean by that, it's like understanding who these, these people are before they are players, and that's kind of what I like, kind of the human aspect. But, no. I haven't to watch yet, but I'm excited to, to give it a chance.
1: Yeah, it, the human aspect is always fun because you get to get more of the personal point of view of the player. But to be quite frank with you, I, I've seen it done on other shows. We've seen it done in F1 Racing, which has elevated that sport. We've seen it done in golf. It's also elevated golf. I don't know if, if the NFL needs any more elevating of <laughs> any sort. It is the sport, I would say, across the world. I know soccer's there and all that, but to me... I think NFL football is just gigantic. The fact that they can go play in any other country and they fill a stadium just shows you how respected the sport is across the world. And uh, I don't know if they need any extra, but why not? I'm sure it's very compelling and I'm sure it's really interesting to watch as well.
0: Amen to that. There is definitely no sport like football. And then you got a factor in now the New York Jets are going to be on Hard Knocks. So folks, if you got some free time and you want to watch some football and there is no football on, give quarterback a watch. And then you got the New York Jets being featured on Hard Knocks this year, which should be a fun one. So a lot of good entertainment there. All right. Thank you everyone for tuning into the show. That is it for this week's episode of the Power Hour. We'll be back next week. Same place, same time. And maybe we'll get some more breaking news. Who knows? But thank you for tuning in. And uh, yes, we'll uh, enjoy the- the show enjoy the weather and uh, we'll be back next week you were listening to cjlo 69 a.m in montreal